Very good. You guys ready for Christmas? Regardless, it's eight days away. It's coming, whether you're ready or not. Yeah. Um, how many of you already have your Christmas gifts already done? Like you're totally complete. Completed right here, there, done, done. Yeah. Did you only have to buy one? Just for your wife? Maybe. Maybe? Yeah. That's kind of easy there, buddy. Yeah. It's kind of easy there. Yeah. So, um, so I am done with mine too, uh, Matt. I'm done with mine too. Yeah. I already purchased Nicole's. Yeah. I won't, I won't tell you what I got her. Yeah. I won't tell you what I got her, but it, it's something. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. So, so yeah, Christmas, Christmas is coming. Um, yesterday we helped, uh, well, we passed out 49, well, I, I, I totally messed that up. Yesterday, we gave food to 49 families. Yeah, 49 families. Awesome. And, and we have 11 more to go this week. There's just some that are going to come back later. And so we are very excited about being able to help 60 families this year at Christmas. And it, it's, really, it's really neat that we're able to do that. Um, there were some of them that were in tears uh, when they received it because they thought they were coming to just get a box just a box of food. And when we gave them 10 bags of food and a box and some other stuff, it was just tears in their eyes at that point. And a lot of them said thank you and were very appreciative, appreciative of, of what we've done. So um, they have experienced Jesus' love through us again this Christmas season. So that, that's absolutely incredible. Um, speaking of shopping, I, I went shopping on Friday, um, not for Nicole, but for the <clears throat> food drive. So I went to Food Lion to get hot dog buns, and I walked around Food Lion, right, got my hot dog buns, and then I went to the other Food Lion in Louisville. I don't know if you know Louisville or not, but there's two Food Lines. And I went to the other Food Line, and because the first Food Line didn't have enough hot dog buns, I needed 140 hot dog buns, packs of. So, so I went to Food Lion, and then I went to... Um, Walmart, which is the neighborhood Walmart on, on my side of town, which I prefer to the other Walmart. Yeah, yeah, I just prefer it. And so I went in there and I bought all of their hot dog buns. And I happened to be like putting the hot dog buns from Walmart into food line bags. And while I was doing that, I happened to look down at my jeans and one of my jeans legs was rolled up like this, and the other one wasn't. So I went to three stores with this, you know. I don't know how many people looked down, but it was sort of embarrassing, you know, that that happened. And, and so anyway, I'm gonna, I just did that just for the, for the thing. But anyway, there you go. So Christmas, we look forward to Christmas each year. And I, I know that you do too. And... Um, there is two sides of Christmas that Charlie Brown in his special talks about the entire time. There is the fake side and the real side. And the fake side seems to be very pretty and joyous and awesome. But then there's the real side that is just real. And there's something deeper about the real meaning of Christmas than just glitter, 
and Christmas trees and brightness and bright colors and all that. There's something real about it. And I think you and I this year just need to make sure that when we experience Christmas, we do it in a real way. And so that said, I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Can I have just a little more light in the room? Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And this is where you, you find the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2. I'd like to read that this morning. Here it is. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinarius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Now, I prefer the translation of that verse. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill toward men. I think that is more accurate than, than what is in that particular verse right there. But peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And it's at this point in the story that I kind of pause a moment. Because the angels are pronouncing that peace is on earth in this moment that the Savior is born in Bethlehem. There's, there is peace on earth. And isn't that the wish for all of us? That there would be peace on earth. Like that we'd actually wake up on Monday and on the news would be kitty cats and puppies. And that's all it would be about, right? Because there's something, you put puppies with anybody and you just feel, I don't even like dogs, but you feel good about that. Like little puppies running around, right? And, and we kind of have this view that peace on earth would be that. But here in this passage of scripture... The angels say that peace is on earth right now in this moment. So what in the world does that mean? Because that's all of our wish, right? Sally, and this is in my, um, I have a daily calendar, peanuts calendar, and this came up just the other day. It says this, dear Santa Claus, do not bring me any presents this year. I want my Christmas to be one of peace and love and not greed. Maybe greed's the reason we don't have peace in the world. Maybe that's one of the reasons. Getting a lot of presents is for the birds. That's only an expression, 
is what she said to the birds. Yeah, so it's this wish that there will be peace on earth. How many of you have ever, and it doesn't seem to be peace on earth, does it? I mean, we look over at, at Israel and everything that's happening there, and there's wars. We look at the Ukraine, and there's a war there. There's rumors of wars. There's people in conflict all over the world, and we see it on our news every day. When we read or, or ever how you get your news, if it's from people or you watch it, it just seems that the world is in a horrible state and nowhere close to peace. And it's not just the world. It's America. I believe that we live in the greatest country ever. I do. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I think this is the best place to live, period. But even in the best place on earth to live, our country is anything but peaceful. For instance, just, the, just this week, I was reading about uh, a place in America where uh, three people blocked a Jewish person from using the bathroom in that restaurant. And it was the people that were working in that coffee shop. They would not let her into the bathroom. And they were saying, free the Palestinian people. Give them their land. And they told her that she wouldn't give them their land, and therefore she couldn't use their bathroom. That woman had nothing to do with what was going on in the rest of the world. She just needed to use the bathroom. That's all she needed to do. She needed to use the bathroom, but they were blocking it. And so even in our own country, there, there is, this, is this lack of peace. Like a lot of people are really concerned about what they say now. Like, the woke culture has people so afraid of saying anything, and they apologize for it. And then, and it can go on and on and on. And so, if you say something wrong, this group of people will, will just fight you, and, and they're very mean about it. Or, let me say this, if, some, if you speak the truth, they get mad at you. So, let's just put that on the table, just for a few moments. Yeah, and so it, it doesn't seem to be any type of peace here on earth. So what in the world does this mean? Because the announcement of the angels is that there is peace on earth right now. It's for us right here, right now. How many of you have ever, ever uh, been to a graveyard? Been to a graveyard? Yeah. Walked around the graveyard? How many of you read tombstones when you're graveyards? Yeah, I do too. And you can, you can find a lot, you know, you can find some things about people, you know, from reading their tombstone. But one thing, and I don't have a percentage for this, one thing that is on a lot of tombstones is R-I-P, rest in peace. It's on a lot of, of tombstones. It's almost as if we are saying as a culture, the only time that humanity can have peace is when they're buried. The only time that you and I can rest in peace is when we're put into a graveyard. That that is the only place in the entire world where peace actually exists permanently. Rest in peace. And I'm here to tell you today that it's not just, peace is not just something that happens when you die. Peace is something that you can have right now. The angel said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. 
It is a gift that is being given to humanity right now if they would just accept it. Now, the comet says this. This is Sally and Linus. I don't want you to give me anything for Christmas this year, Linus. Really? That's too bad. But I can understand how you feel, and I admire you for it. Cancel that order for the $10,000 necklace. After the holidays are over and everything has quieted down, I'm going to slug you. Right? The problem here is that inside of Sally's heart, even though she wants peace on earth, inside Sally's heart isn't any peace. Because she's sitting there saying, after the holidays, I'm going to hold in this anger I have towards you, and I'm going to hit you after the holidays, is what she's saying, right? She's going to hold on to that grudge. So she's going to go through all the holidays with a smile on and saying she wants peace, and, and she doesn't want any gifts and stuff like that. But inside of her, she doesn't have peace inside. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the human condition. And if you want to know why this world isn't at peace, it's because humanity is at war within themselves. The reason we don't have peace in the world is because humans are not at peace inside. And they take that war that is within them everywhere they go, and they cause conflict after conflict after conflict, because what is controlling you on the inside controls your environment. And at some point in life, we have to admit that the problem with a lack of peace inside of ourselves is not everything else around us, but is us. It's me. It, it, it's you. And if you're at war within yourself, you cannot have peace in your life. You can only have peace in your life if you're at peace inside of yourself. Does this make sense? And the proclamation here from the angels is peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And the reason that we don't have peace, and some of the people in this room don't have peace in their hearts, or, or peace in their life, is because you do not have peace in your heart. Turn your Bible to John chapter 14, verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 27. And this is what it says. <clears throat> peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. This is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Jesus, after the angels have said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, Jesus speaks to people and he says, I am going to leave my peace with you and I am going to give my peace to you. It's another proclamation that the peace of God is available now for you to reach out and take a hold of and apply to your life. That's what this means. Peace I give to you. Um, my wife and I... <clears throat> It come from two different backgrounds, totally different backgrounds. They're both Christian backgrounds, but two totally different backgrounds, especially when it comes to Christmas and Christmas gifts. On my side of things, when I was growing up, when you received gifts and you didn't like them, 
Have a witness in here? You got some gifts that you didn't like, like before? Yeah, you get some gifts? Get some gifts you didn't like. You didn't take the gift back to the store. You kept it. Now, five years down the road, it might wind up in a yard sale out in your front yard. That was okay because the people that gave the gift would no longer remember what they gave you and wouldn't remember that if they stopped by the yard sale, would remember that that was the gift that they gave you a while back, right? So you waited until you could get rid of it is what you did. You didn't, you just kept it. You basically endured the gift that was given to you. Didn't matter if the, if the shirt didn't fit, you just endured the gift. On my wife's side of the family, though, it's totally different, totally shocking the first Christmas I spent with them. They would open up a gift and say, you know, I really don't like this. Do you have the receipt? Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Do you have the receipt? And, and I'm, not, I'm not at all talking down about them. I don't want you to think that at all. They were just so real about it. Or, you know, that is just not my color. Do you have the receipt? It just absolutely blew my mind. So after that, my wife would take stuff back that she got for Christmas and either get the money or exchange it for something else. And it just absolutely blew my mind because over here, my family is enduring the gift because it was given to us and we're just not going to take it back. And they were just free to do whatever, to get what they wanted to. Now, I think this is the way that we should be. Like you get a gift that you're not going to use, ask for the receipt. Go back and get something you want. There's plenty of stuff in the store that you can enjoy, and they, the people that gave it to you want to enjoy that anyway. Um, I, know, I know how you feel, because over here we're like, we're really going to hurt their feelings if we tell them we don't like this gift, right? That's, I, I feel that tension because I live that tension, but over here, man, they are just like, just give me the receipt. I want to get what I want. Just give me the receipt. So I have given gifts to Nicole from time to time, right? Of course I have. Every Christmas I give her gifts. First couple of Christmases, she wanted to take some stuff back. It hurt my feelings. It just hurt me, like on the inside. But now, everything that I bought her this year, I have the receipt. And in fact, I have switched to the place where when I wrap the gift, I put the receipt with the gift. I don't have to look for it. I'm not going to tell you what I got for it this year, but it is all in there, right? It's for the gift. So I say all that to say this. If you are a believer in this room, when you first got saved, Jesus gave you a gift of peace. And if you do not have that peace today, somewhere down the road, you asked him for a receipt because you exchanged it for something else. You took his gift of peace and you said, no, this is not for me right now. And you pushed it to the side. And what you exchanged it for was something else that wasn't very peaceful. And when it comes to the spiritual world, whereas I would say at Christmas, you should live more like my wife's family. I would say in the spiritual world, you should live more like my family. If Jesus gave you a gift, you should never, ever ask for the receipt. He gave you that gift for a reason. He wanted you to have peace in your heart. He wanted you to keep it there. But for some people, people over and over and over and over again ask for the receipt and they exchange the gift of peace for something 
else. Here's Sally and, and her brother. This is what they're saying. Don't give me anything for Christmas this year, big brother. All I want is for everyone to have peace, joy, and love. Do you really mean that? Are you sincere? No, I finally think I flipped. <laughs> yeah. What if what I was to tell you this morning that the very reason, and I've kind of said this, I've alluded to this, the very reason you don't have peace is because you're not grabbing a hold of the gift that you already have. The reason that you don't have peace inside is because you've exchanged it for something else. See, a lot of us in here, a lot of people, maybe not in here, but a lot of people give up the gift of peace very easily. And this is how they do that. They run from it. They run from it. You see, Jesus did not come into this world to fix the world. He came into the world to fix you. To fix you. And what that means is, he is so dedicated to fixing you so that you will have peace and grace and live like you're supposed to live. He's so dedicated to that, that from time to time, he convicts you of something that you have done wrong so that you can change and maintain the peace that he has given to you. I have seen people through being a pastor, not only at the churches that I've pastored and shepherded, but also my friends and, and things that have happened at that church. I have seen people over and over again get to a point where they were convicted of a sin and they run they run instead of dealing with that sin. And this is how they run. They get convicted in a sermon. Sermon happens, they get convicted. They feel very uncomfortable. And they know deep inside that it is really the topic of the day. Like it's the Holy Spirit working on them. And they get really convicted about this. But what they do is, is they run and they do it this way. Instead of dealing with this, asking forgiveness for this, and asking God to bring peace back into their life, they run and they begin to complain about the church. They begin to complain about the leadership. They begin to complain about their spouse. They begin to complain about their work. They begin to complain about this and this and this and this. And the more they complain, the further they run from the peace that they could have if they would just deal with this sin. You cannot complain and have peace at the same time. And I think something else too. Because I know it's true of myself. When I'm complaining about someone else, I'm hiding the sin that I should be dealing with myself. When I complain about something else and I'm negative about it, it is the moment that I'm trying to fix this stuff out here while negating to fix what is inside of me. 
And you cannot have peace if you're running from it. You cannot have peace if you're complaining all the time. You cannot have peace until you self-reflect and figure out what it is that's causing you to have a war inside of you. And you deal with that and let Jesus deal with that and bring peace into your heart and soul. And you cannot take peace into the world unless you own it inside your heart yourself. Come on. And people run from it. They complain, complain, complain. But that's not the only thing. In this, in this uh, John chapter 14 passage, verse 27, it says, Peace I live with, leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be what? Troubled. We're going to get back to that in a minute. Neither let them be Afraid. Afraid. Do you know that fear and peace cannot reside in your body at the same time? It can't. If you're fearful, you lack peace. If you are fearful, what you've done is, is you've said this, Lord, I need the receipt. I don't need this peace anymore because I no longer really trust you to handle this stuff. I'm scared this is gonna happen. I am so concerned it's going to happen that I'm worried about it. And worry and fear cannot reside in your heart with peace. It's one or the other. And worry is just something, man, that keeps you up at night, doesn't it? I've woken up at 3 in the morning. Why is it always 3 in the morning? Like, why couldn't it be earlier? Like, so that I could get more, you know what I mean? Like, why couldn't it be 12? Like, 12 to 1 is a good time. Why doesn't my body learn that it could be 12 to 1 and then I have 1 to 6 to kind of catch up on the sleep that I missed? But no, it's 3 in the morning, and it is 3.33, and it's 3.50, and maybe around 4 o'clock, 4.15, I can get back to sleep. Why doesn't my body just realize I need to do this earlier? Just earlier, let's get this over with so I can sleep. I don't know. But we've all woken up and we've all thought about things that we're worried about. We worry about our kids. We worry about our finances. We worry about our relationship with our spouse. We worry about what's going to happen over here with this person, what's going to happen with our job, what's going to happen with our, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. And we work ourselves up into a frenzy. And when we have worry, our hearts are troubled. And Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. I am leaving peace with you. I am giving peace with you. Grab a hold of that and let that rule your life rather than worry and fear. Peace can rule your life. But you have to let it invade your heart. You have to let it do that. And when you do, you can have peace in the middle of a storm. Because Jesus didn't come to fix the storm. He came to fix your heart. He didn't come to fix all the hurricanes that are happening at the same time out here that you come up with on your own. He came to fix you on the inside. And when he fixes you on the inside, there is a peace that comes. And then you can approach the world in peace. It's not that you don't have, um, like, 
the go-getter sort of nature when you have peace. You have that, but when you do it, you have peace inside because you understand that he is really the one that is in control, not you. Because isn't that another way that we kind of run from peace when we like to control things? How many of you like to control things? Okay, the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you like to control things too. Do you know how I know that? Because you're like, I'm not going to, I'm just not a person that just likes to control things. I let other people control things and I live my life out here. Well, that is control, ladies and gentlemen, right? You're not stepping forward to be like the leader. You're letting everybody else do it so that you can blame them when something goes, come on, Right? Are you back up, you know, I'm going to let them do it and I'm just going to stay back here. Yeah, we all, every single one of us like to have control. It's just the way that we're designed and it's just different levels of it. But when we're trying to control situations and we're trying to make sure everybody's safe because we fear that they're not going to be safe unless we control that particular situation or we try to control it to where worry is, all the worries are not going to happen over here and we're just trying to hold on to it with all our might, all our heart, all our soul and kind of control things. When we are controlling things, we are not at peace because we're worried that we're going to lose control. Right? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. And peace is realizing that God is in control and you rest in that. I think that we should all have t-shirts that says R-I-P-I-J. Rest in peace in Jesus. He has everything under his control. And I am going to rest now. You know what I would like my tombstone? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to have a tombstone. I'm going to be cremated. Well, let's just say... I don't know, what I'd like to be known for at the end of my life. Let's just do it that way. I'd like to be known for, he found peace, he rested in peace, and now he's with the Prince of Peace. He found peace, he rested in peace while he was living, and now he's with the Prince of Peace. And you as a believer can do that. You do not have to wait for peace Somewhere in the future. I mean, I know that I preach all the time about Jesus coming back and he's going to bring peace to the world and there's going to be peace and he's the prison. I know I do that. But back here, we can still have peace. We don't have to wait on it. I can have peace inside my heart, inside my soul right now because Jesus has given it as a gift to me. And for all the time trying to, you know, control things instead of letting him control it, you will never have peace. Do you know why? Because I can't control everything. Right? I can't control you. You can't control me. 
I can't control the people that don't know how to use a circle. And when they drive, I can't do that, right? I can't control the people that are, that are going slow on the road and I'm trying to get somewhere, but for some reason, they want to go slower than a tractor. I can't control those people. I can pass them. But I can't control them. Resting in peace is that God has the world in his hand. He's going to correct all this when he wants to. But for now, he's going to work inside of me. And maybe you and I just need to pause this Christmas and ask God to help us find the peace that we've exchanged for something else. And ask God for his peace to rule our hearts, rule our souls, and rule our minds so that we can be, bring peace to our families this Christmas and our environments that we're going to celebrate in. Here's another reason if people aren't at peace. Sin in their lives. And you need to ask forgiveness of that sin and ask Jesus to help you not do that sin anymore. And then one step beyond that is regret. How many times have you robbed yourself of peace because you regretted something that you did? You've already been convicted of it. You've already been forgiven of it. But somehow or another, you regret that you did that in an unhealthy way, in an unpeaceful way. I regret that I did that. I regret I participated in, the, in that. I regret I did that because of all the damage. Well, that is a moment that peace is not in your heart, and you need to get back to it. I'm sorry for regretting that stuff. I've learned from it. I'm moving on. I need your peace, Lord. I need your peace and your understanding. Um. Today's message was really supposed to be about a maid that was milking, a beatitude. And the beatitude was this, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And what I've taught you over the weeks is that each one of the beatitudes is a blessed and then there's a condition you find yourself in. Like you don't try to be a peacemaker in order to be called the sons of God. You are a peacemaker and there's some unfortunate situation that occurs and then Jesus is encouraging those people that are in the unfortunate situations. But as I was studying for that particular sermon, over and over in my mind was this thought. How can I preach on the blessings of a peacemaker when there's people that you're talking to that aren't at peace? How can I do that? And so I had a conversation with God. That said, I'm sure that the people at Farmington and watching online, they're at peace. I'm sure they're at peace. Well, maybe not some of the ones that are watching online, because I really don't know all those people that, that are there. But the people I know, I mean, I think people are generally at peace, maybe at peace in their heart. They're just going through some struggles. And it just came up over and over again. How can you preach on being a peacemaker in the condition and the blessing when the people you're talking to aren't even close to being peacemakers? And they're not close to being peacemakers because they're at war within themselves. They're trying to fix everything out here instead of really fixing what is bothering them on the inside. And so this message changed. It changed. And I have no idea in the first service who this was for. No idea here in this room, online, who this is for, I have no idea who this is for, but this is what I know. If you do not have peace in your heart, 
It's your fault. It's your fault. First, if you're sitting in this room, you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will not have peace regardless. If you were today to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and ask him to be your Savior, you would in that moment receive the Prince of Peace and you would become inside full of peace. I guarantee it. Absolutely. For the believers in this room, it's, it's another thing. We had peace in the past, but we exchanged it for something. And the reason that we're not at peace within our heart is not because of all these other things that we like to blame it on. This person, that person, this situation, this situation, this thing at work, this thing at work. It, it, it's, we don't have peace inside of us because we are at war within ourselves. And the first place to start, start to have peace is inside. You take a moment, you take many moments, and you say, Lord, I'm not at peace inside of me. What is preventing me from being at peace? And he will show you. And then you deal with that. You ask Jesus to forgive you of that. You release that to him and say, Lord, you are in control. I know you have my life and I'm resting in peace in you. And you leave it. And whereas that doesn't change necessarily the environment and what's going on, it changes your heart. And then you enter into those environment with the peace of God that passes all understanding. And what will happen over a period of time as you and I live in the peace of God that's in our hearts and souls is that our environments will become more peaceable because we're not adding to the war chaos anymore. We are being people of peace that Jesus came here to enable us to be. Amen? So I don't know if you need to come to the altar and pray about the war that's in your soul. I don't know if you need to, during the song, just kind of stay there in your seat and pray about the war that is in your soul. But this is what I do know. When you leave here today, it's up to you whether or not there's peace in your heart or not. If you walk out that door without peace, it's because you haven't done business with God. Because I guarantee if you do business with God, you will walk out that door with inner peace. Your situation might not be different, but you'll have the peace that you need that supplies the confidence you need to make it through the next step in your bad day. Quit blaming other things. Deal with yourself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Um, first of all, I, kn I know that there must be people that are at war within themselves. might be control that's causing the war. You have a loved one that's not living correctly and they just want to control that and they're just angry. Or it might be conviction and they know it was conviction. They're running. 
Instead of having peace in their heart, they complain about everything. They complain about this, they complain about that. That person might be sitting in this room. There may be people in this room that don't have peace because of hurt that is inside of them. Whereas you would recognize that there's people that do hurt us from time to time, sometimes we let that hurt rule our lives and we exchange that hurt for the peace that we can have in you. So Father, I pray, I don't, that's just the tip of the iceberg for what could be going on in people's hearts. But in this moment, I pray that you anoint us with your spirit. And it will show us the thing that we need to work on in order to have the peace that you have given us. That we'd be able to work on the thing that is causing us to be at war within ourselves so that we can grab a hold of that gift of peace that you have supplied for us. So I pray that you work in hearts in this moment so that all of us, when we leave, will leave with your peace that surpasses all understanding as we leave and go home and do our thing this afternoon. So we ask all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. The altar is open. I'm here too as we sing this.